The second animated film to ever be specifically made by Happy Madison Productions, Adam Sandler features in this movie as a talking lizard giving advice to kids trying to just make it through the year after they get a new scary substitute. Leo is a loving story that no one saw coming. No. I am the father. And here we go. That belongs in a museum. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? You're gonna need a bigger boat. This is Sparta! Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Dr. Grant, my dear Dr. Sandler, welcome to Jurassic Park. Welcome back to Easily Entertained. I'm your host, Bryson Olson, here to bring you all the latest in entertainment. Today, we are talking about the new movie that is out on Netflix that I think has been out for a couple weeks, Leo, starring Adam Sandler as a lizard and Bill Burr as a turtle. It's kind of a fun movie. I actually enjoyed it. I was seeing clips of it on TikTok, and I was seeing the trailers, and I wasn't super, like, into it one is because i'm not the biggest adam sandler fan which i will get into here in a minute but also just it looked kind of for kids i just wasn't expecting a whole lot i wasn't expecting it to be the worst thing i'd ever see but i was not expecting it to also be a movie that's pretty well worth the watch and yeah like i said adam sandler i don't mind him but i I kind of have some, not exactly beef with Adam Sandler. He just doesn't usually fit what I want in a movie. And maybe this is blasphemous if you really like Adam Sandler. But to me, his kind of humor, it tends to be really juvenile. And don't get me wrong, I'm a guy. I do like juvenile humor. However, as I've gotten older and I understand the process of storytelling a lot more and I appreciate really good storytelling a lot more, juvenile t humor tends to get really repetitive for me and I don't mind it if there's enough seriousness. But typically with Adam Sandler movies, he's just being a goofball, which that's who he is. That's who Adam Sandler is. And that's totally fine. If that's what you like, that's great. And it's great that he gets to basically be himself and everything but I personally like my comedies to be a bit more serious and it just makes those comedic moments hit a lot more and that's kind of why I don't care much for Adam Sandler's movies I there are like a couple exceptions you know I don't mind bedtime stories I weirdly kind of like pixels although it's like critically hated by like everybody i find it kind of enjoyable and maybe that's just because of when i saw it when i was in like middle school but for the most part his humor just doesn't really resonate with me but that's okay it's not for me most of the time it usually just gets a bit too goofy and there's not enough seriousness so it's hard to take it seriously when there is seriousness because you're just expecting for the next joke to be overlaced on top of the seriousness and then also with adam sandler when he's in live action he tends to be a bit over the top that's just kind of how he seems to be as a person both vocally and acting wise like physical he tends to be a bit over the top and i just don't think that works a lot of the time 
And, you know, some people really like it, like my roommate really likes Adam Sandler, but that's because that's who my roommate is as a person. He's a lot more over the top physically and vocally, which is great. We love Cormac. We have him on the show sometimes. It's a great time. But to me, I don't always want to see that in my storytelling, at least in a live action film. And that's why I don't particularly care for Adam Sandler most of the time. But what I do think Adam Sandler has been kind of excelling at lately is animation. I think he does voice acting pretty well. I think his over-the-top voice fits an animation perspective a lot more because typically when you're making animation, you do have to be more over-expressive with your voice because then it will resonate more with the audience because when you're animating, you can't copy life completely. Life tends to be a bit more subtle and you notice that in live action movies. Things are a bit more subtle. You don't have to be as over-exaggerated and those moments hit really hard. You have to over-exaggerate a little bit when you're making animation so that the animation pairs with the voice better because the way animation works, you have to make things a bit over the top because it's all fake and you your brain knows it's fake. But to trick your brain into almost seeing it as real, like not exactly, but making everything fit from your brain's perspective, you do have to combine kind of more over-the-top voice acting with over-the-top animation. And I think that's why Adam Sandler fits animation a lot more. And not even just in this movie, but I think a really good example is the Hotel Transylvania series. I actually really like the series. I think it's kind of fun and it is kind of Adam Sandlery, the way he portrays Dracula, but I think it works for that series. I actually don't think I could imagine many other voice actors as Dracula in those movies. Just the way his kind of over-the-top, ridiculous personality kind of portrays itself. Even when they're trying to be serious, they can still make it a bit comedic. And I think for an animation, that fits a lot more. And so I'm kind of surprised that Happy Madison Productions, which is the company, it's Adam Sandler's production company, obviously, of after Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison kind of combined. So you get Happy Madison. That makes sense, right? But it's kind of interesting that they've only done, I think, one other animated film themselves. Like, obviously, they didn't do Hotel Transylvania, but Adam Sandler was in it. But they actually did this one themselves they didn't really outsource it to another company they were the ones who produced it i mean does that make sense like they may have not done animation specifically but they were the production company in charge of the animation usually they are not that makes more sense but i'm surprised like i said i'm kind of surprised that this is only their second animated film because I feel like Adam Sandler fits better with an animated movie. And maybe that's in part from him, in part from execs. Who really knows? But animation for me takes Adam Sandler and makes him a lot more tolerable to me. That makes him sound like really bad. But it just it makes it resonate more with me. I actually feel more for the characters that Adam Sandler portrays if it's animated and not just live action you know that's kind of me i'm a big fan of animation so let's talk about that 
the animation in this movie is surprisingly pretty decent, especially because the company is obviously not known for animation, but it is doing fairly well. The movie is being received pretty decently, and the animation is not the most impressive animation ever. It's not Across the Spider-Verse. It's not the newest Pixar film. It's not Puss in Boots from DreamWorks. But that's okay. It doesn't have to be. The animation still stands up. There is still really good lighting. There's pretty detailed character models. And even if they're kind of faking it, it looks pretty detailed. And it feels more like early Pixar almost or early DreamWorks where... Like the lighting seems a bit too bright sometimes, like there's not enough shadow, but to me, that's not a story killer. I think it fits the story that it's going for. It's kind of meant to be more targeted towards kids, but the message in it is a bit more wholesome, which we'll get into a bit more. But the animation kind of fits that story. It has more of this childlike wonder, everything's really bright, and so you kind of see it almost through a child's eyes. And that's kind of how you get a child to pay attention is through that kind of animation a bit more bright. It captures their attention. They're like, ooh, pretty colors. Not all kids are stupid like that, but that gets their initial attention and then they can keep watching. But I do kind of like that about the animation because obviously Happy Madison is not an animation company. They are not probably with the budget that makes most feature animations, but they did it. They did it anyways, and I didn't see how much the production value actually was on the set, but they still kind of bring it in together, and they make the characters look really interesting, even like giving the turtle and Leo their own like physical shape, their own identifying shapes. Because they have more animals later in the movie, but they're still indistinguish they're still distinguishable from each other. And I think that's really good in animation because that's how you get more attachment to these characters. If you can very easily pick them out, you will like the character a whole lot more. And I think kind of liking the character is probably the biggest part of this film. Because Adam Sandler's personality really gets put into this and like I said with an animation it kind of fits a lot more and the way one of the kids in the movie describes it the way he's corny and still kind of wholesome is he seems like a grandpa the character even says you kind of remind me of my grandpa and he is supposed to be like a 74 year old character but that lets him have that kind of corny over the top over the top action over the top acting that you typically get from like a grandpa. You can imagine your grandpa being kind of corny. I know my grandpa is. It's hilarious. And I know he's listening to this. Hi, grandpa. You're a bit corny sometimes, but we love it. That's why this kind of story resonates so much because everyone, whether it's a grandpa or an uncle, they can relate to this kind of corny character that is still full of a lot of wisdom. They still can give you a lot of advice and help you grow through your life and that's exactly how this story goes he is trying to escape because like a new substitute comes and they're gonna have to start taking home a lizard or the turtle every week as like part of a responsibility thing 
But Leo is like, I'm going to escape and go to the Everglades and live out in the wild. He doesn't really do that. He ends up getting put there later. But when he goes, he usually gets interrupted from escaping and he gets caught talking and the kids know. And so he starts to give them a bit of lessons. He uses it as an excuse. He's like, only you can hear me because you're special and I'm here to give you some life advice. And although it seems kind of like almost scammy out of, for a little bit, he's kind of like, well, I'm trying to just get them to not rat on me for talking. He gives actually good advice because he's been the class pet for like 74 years. He's noticed a lot of things that individuals tend to share. You typically have that person who talks way too much, the clown, the class clown that isn't really that funny, the bully, whatever, the divorced parent kid. You have a lot of these different stereotypes that you can start to see in other people, but that means that he's seen it. He can start giving advice on how to fix those things. And so that's what the whole movie is about, is him giving advice to these kids to make them all have friends and to all get along and get through the year, even despite their teacher being a bit crappy, which is wonderful. It gives this wholesome story and you have some really wholesome lessons throughout it. Like the first one that he goes home with, she's very much a talker, kind of like me. She, <laughs> she overshares a lot. But so he teaches her how to listen, how to ask questions and make other people feel good about talking as well. Because everyone likes to talk about themselves. But to get someone else to like you, you have to listen to them talk about themselves. And that's not in like a, in like a selfish way. It's just understanding what it means to be a good listener. Everyone wants to be heard, but you should also want to listen to others as well because there's always a give and take. You don't want communication to be a one-way street coming from a communication major. You want communication to go both ways. So you can speak, but you can also listen. And that is like a really good, wholesome lesson from the get-go. And then you have other topics like helicopter parents and trying to break out of that and do things like rebel once in a while. Being afraid to grow up. A kid is held back for like two years and... He's kind of the bully, but that's because he's a bit scared that all his friends will leave. And so he kind of bullies them to just not have friends and get over that heartbreak, essentially. And then probably the most wholesome one is this girl who has divorced parents. And so obviously they feel a bit neglected. And if you're a divorced kid, maybe you felt this way at some point. So this uh, character may resonate really well with you. And maybe to parents who are divorced, this character will kind of open your eyes and make sure you check on your kids and everything. And this is the character who says that Leo kind of feels like a grandpa because he listens to her and not all of her family listens to her. And that's probably the best advice that kind of happens. And it kind of links back to that first lesson is being able to listen to someone because a lot of people have problems and you kind of need to be able to share those problems. Not everyone feels like they can talk about them. And having a moment like this where a character is actively going, you can talk about your problems is a very wholesome moment. And it's a real life lesson that people need to know that getting help is okay. And that you can talk to other people about 
your feelings. And it kind of goes with like this song that he's like, crying is for weaklings. And like, it's kind of funny in the moment, but it's a bit satirical. They try not to make it like, yeah, don't cry, bottle up all your feelings. They eventually change that and be like, well, crying actually releases dopamine and da, 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 da. And so it's a real wholesome kind of story that I like. And I think it kind of took me by surprise that this movie became as wholesome as it is. Because like I said, when I saw the trailers, I was not expecting a whole lot of great storytelling, but I thought it looked kind of interesting. I saw clips of it on TikTok and was like, all right, this doesn't seem all that bad. Maybe I'll check it out. Something I was not expecting uh, was that it's a musical. I didn't know that at all when I started watching and it felt a bit like a fever dream when they just started randomly singing. But most of the songs are not too bad. They kind of fit the story. Sometimes they are a bit out of nowhere and a bit cringe at times. But for the most part, they fit what they're telling in the story. They fit the lessons that Leo is giving. And I like when a movie, even if it's aimed for kids, there is something for adult, adults to enjoy while also having lessons or just themes that everyone can appreciate. Like kids are smarter than you think they are half the time. They do pick up on these things. Like sometimes you can't just tell them about something, but if they witness like how to treat people, how to listen to somebody, how to make sure someone's okay, they pick up on those things and they start to mimic them. And that develops their social awareness. And I do like these kind of movies that do that. And I think... Leo did a great job at portraying the wholesome but kind of corny aesthetic that Adam Sandler provides to both young and old audiences. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. I hope I didn't spoil too much. I probably did at least a little bit, but it's still a good movie. Go check it out if you haven't already. And then let's get into the question of the week. It's a great time. This is to get you introduced to the discussion so that you can participate. It's always a great time. So this question of the week is what is your favorite Adam Sandler movie? Because like I said, I'm not a huge Adam Sandler fan, but I do like some of his stuff. So I thought I would share mine. If you really like Adam Sandler or you're kind of like me and only have a few things that you like from him, let us know either in the comments on Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, wherever you want we just want to know what is your favorite adam sandler movie mine probably it's kind of like a group of movies like i was talking about earlier i do really like the hotel transylvania series i like seeing the progression of animation in them as they kind of get a bit more exaggerated like there's pretty exaggerated in the first one but in the later ones they tend to take some inspiration from the more 2D styles of animation using more still frames and things like that where characters kind of move in more jaggedy poses if that makes a lot of sense so instead of like a fluid motion they suddenly jump to a motion but it still kind of fits their world I really like seeing that progression and I do think the stories are usually pretty good too it's about acceptance and 
they can kind of just be little fun Halloween movies that you get to watch. And I do really like that about the Hotel Transylvania movie. Sometimes you just need a good, wholesome watch, which is exactly what Hotel Transylvania and Leo is, even despite being Adam Sandler. They still get me, and that's okay. I can, I can evaluate my personal biases and overcome them, just like you if you also don't care for Adam Sandler or if you don't care for a specific actor in general. But that was Leo. And be sure to answer our question of the week. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. You have been easily entertained.